0: Yeah, I, I think I've done that continuously. It's just like take a need from one thing and then I, I call it become your own first customer for the, for the yeah, next thing, right? Yeah, so, you're, you're, yeah, so you're if we, driving
1: your own needs because you're the customer. If we see point. a
0: need in another direction, that's great. Like, uh, would you pay for it? Well, yeah, we would pay for the value that that provides. Well, like, well, then your own first, you're your own first, first customer of, the, of your next product. So. so you've
2: consistently created products that you wanted to purchase. Uh, I, I would
0: say a lot. Of, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and analyze, it, but yeah, I would say yeah. more than half the time, or something, something where I had a direct need or saw, like saw a, a a need that was directly related to something I was already doing.
1: Thank you for joining us here, the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. We give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. Please welcome back our guest from last week, Brandon Checkitz. As we continue our conversation on the journey that led him to becoming a parallel entrepreneur. And with that, I'll turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. Amazon was just starting to start to
0: run their own warehouses and allow third parties to put stuff in their warehouses. They, they, they call it fulfillment by Amazon. It's a big, huge thing now, but it was pretty, pretty early then. But essentially Amazon has warehouses all over and they would uh, allow you to ship in your inventory into their warehouse. And when it was sold, they would be responsible for packing it and shipping it to the customer. Um, and that was pretty amazing for us because we'd, we'd buy books and then we could just list them on Amazon and ship them to Amazon's warehouse. And Amazon would take care of the fulfillment and the packaging and the postage and all and the, the customer things Customer service it. and everything. Customer right, I mean, service, it everything. takes all your employees yes. off your pull. So, point, what would know. have required like a warehouse of people and like. Po- Days like trips to the post office every day, like none of that was a thing. We could just do it at whatever leisurely pace we felt like. Ship the boxes off to Amazon, and they'd be responsible for the day-to-day operation of fulfilling everything. That's amazing. So that was a game changer for us. Um, that made it possible for us to operate out of these, you know, 200 square foot storage units.
2: Yeah, and this is a game changer as well. I mean, Amazon obviously already a giant company then, but this helped them scale up dramatically as well. Yeah. And I'm assuming like this is when you really were able to capture some knowledge. You're part of this process or program from the beginning with Amazon FBA. So walk us through, you're at BookScouter, you're starting to do really well with it. You guys are scaling and growing, finding better ways to do business. When did you get into something else beyond BookScouter?
0: So BookScouter led us to textbooks, the textbooks led us to the warehouse, and then once we were doing uh, stuff on Amazon a lot and selling books on Amazon, we kind of expanded to other categories then, so... There was really kind of a lack of tools uh, about things, and so we were able to take advantage of some of like the data that Amazon provides, uh, and really like find some interesting like uh, low risk opportunities to start buying and reselling some stuff on Amazon. Um, so we made some technology that was actually really cool at the time. There were, there used to be an API, which is like a programming interface where you could go and you could say, "Give me this," or um, it would say like. Here's a product like tell me all the, all the data about that how many people are selling it what all the prices are uh, and conveniently at the time they used to tell us how many how many units every seller had in stock Oh wow so so you, so you could hit Amazon's API for a, for a given product and it would tell you this seller has 14 of them and this seller has 140 of them and so what we would do is we'd actually watch we would find a bunch of candidate products and then we would watch those products with our software every day or every hour, and we would see when somebody's inventory went from 140 to 139, and we could assume that a sale occurred. And so we were actually able to monitor the sales volume of products without actually having being a seller on it. So by watching this over time, we could see that your inventory went from 140 to 139 to 138, and we could say with pretty high degree of confidence that you sold 20 units a day or something of this particular product.
1: So you find out what the consumers were buying. Yeah, so we could find out demand,
0: essentially. It. Sure. Like a pretty good indicator of demand without actually having to like have any more knowledge about the product than just like Amazon's API.
2: So ah. you were beta so. testing with that. like I, You didn't have to buy and try to sell it yourself. You created a software that would tell you this is hot market, this isn't.
0: Yeah, we, so we wrote software that scanned through thousands and thousands of products. And then like the ones that were interested, so we were looking for particularly products that had a manufacturer's minimum advertised price and you could tell that because all the sellers were exactly at the same price for the penny. Right. So if everybody's got it listed at $99.99 and there's 14 sellers like there's a map priced in right there. So we our, our initial tool, we called it the FBA analyzer, it would look for products that had a map price and then when we found one that had a map price, we would watch the product for a while and estimate sales volume. And then if we knew that there were selling 20 units a day and there's five sellers on it, if we become the sixth seller on that product, then we're going to get one we're going to get three sales a day. Basically, is what it boiled down to. So. so
1: you're guaranteeing a minimum number of sales because of sheer volume, not even taking into account reviews or customer acquisition, it care doesn't, matter. Matter. doesn't yeah. even matter. doesn't even matter. It's just a volume game. It's a numbers game. It's, yeah, tot- that's it's totally, totally an algorithm. It. So. All right. So question for you here. Book is doing well. Y'all are crushing it. Yeah. Things are going way better than expected, I assume. What is leading you into these other avenues is it curiosity is it bigger picture is it more revenue is it just growth in general as an entrepreneur what's your motivation at this point
0: so i always like chasing what's shiny and it's something that's shiny and different and new is always exciting. fun yeah. it's exciting and fun and new. growth yeah. yeah yeah uh that and then also like having like having some money like profits like what i've got thousands of dollars do that we're it. making like what do i do with it like i don't know anything about investing in stocks or anything it's like sure i know stuff about amazon so that makes a whole lot more sense for me to Man, double brilliant. down on that so invest
1: in what you know yeah. yeah and
2: just yeah being a good steward with your money how do i make it work for me and so. you're making unemotional decisions as far as in all right, what product bond i'll go into because you're able to see well that thing's selling right there mm-hmm. and you're, you're not warehousing this stuff yourself if you do buy it right uh, yeah, well, we were ha- we
0: would have to, like, in, in this case, like, we I remember we bought Blendtec blenders, which were, like, these high-end, like, $400 blenders and yeah. stuff. Like, we, we were able to, like, go to, to Blendtec and say, hey, we want to be a distributor of your product. And they're like, oh, great, great, we have a $10,000 minimum order. And we're like, ooh, let's see, can we afford $10,000? Like, it's a big, big risk. yeah But we do the math, and, like... You know, they're selling 15 a day. We're making a 50 bucks on each one of them. Like, the math works out. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, so you made it so, a math problem instead of an emotional, like, yeah, oh, black I and white. Yeah, so not, we can see that yeah. unless something crazy happens, this is when we'll get our money back and we'll start getting a return on our investment.
0: Yeah, it's, like, pretty, pretty easy to put it in a spreadsheet and say, like, we're doing, you know what, I don't remember what the numbers are. We're selling five a day at $50 a profit. Like, we get our $10,000 back in 14 days. Like, Duh. Like, who wouldn't yeah. do that? So, did you get this big so.
2: shipment of blenders in and that you warehouse, or did you get it and send it to, to Amazon? Or
0: So, at the time, we would have to get it to our warehouse and then we have to put stickers on it and ship it back to Amazon okay. warehouse. It was kind of stupid. Like, all we were literally doing is putting a sticker on it with our sticker on it. Send and it, ship it back, it back, to back to where out. it came from? But, you know. <laughs> so, now you're
2: not warehousing. You're just a logistics company. It's just yeah. coming in and going back coming out. In,
0: putting a sticker on it, going back out. So, this is
2: probably why yeah. things get lost in the postal system, too. There's probably, mm, some, probably some way. Probably so, yeah.
1: Somebody out. else in the back end buying two of those blenders every <laughs> month. same thing. I
2: got to know what the. Again, so you were selling all kinds of random stuff then,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: that we it kind of narrowed down to a, ha- a handful of different products, but yeah. What's
2: the most random thing that you guys end up buying and selling? Is there anything that sticks out as in like this? I mean, a blender is kind of random for a
0: Random. I remember we bought one lot of uh, sporting goods, is what it was called at USPS auction. And I remember we, we went through it, we didn't know what was in it, but we found these arrowheads on it that were like arrowheads for taking down like rhinoceroses, <laughs> like monster. <laughs> like, That's pretty random, <laughs> they were like these monster arrowheads. And they were worth like two hundred bucks a piece, and there was like a you know packages like thirty packages in there, so oh like it was amazing. So,
2: because this yeah. is like a uh, was it Storage Wars where they buy the auction? Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, like, like Storage it's Wars, it's like that. Yeah, but I got has,
1: six thousand dollars of Rhino Airheads. <laughs> <Yeah, it's, laughs> this like, is I amazing. No <laughs> I see Brandon walking <laughs> into the
2: antique store and being like, "Hey, yeah. how much will you give me for yeah, these rhinoceros <laughs> Airheads?" <Yeah, that's,
0: laughs> I had dental drills for a long time. I got like a package of like these dental drills that was like they were some kind of promotional dental drills that. And it's funny how this stuff lives on because a lot of this stuff is still in my basement. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's an antique store. Man, that's awesome. Oh, I love it. I Love it. Yeah. So where does it go from there, man? And again, we're this is gonna be a two two part episode here, man. But this story's so interesting because again, yeah. all you're doing is continuing to carve out little niches. Like, oh, I wonder how we could do that. You're not trying to sell everything to the masses. You're finding like specific little areas you can go into and figure out yeah. a way to win. Which it's kind of funny because it goes back to you your commentary on star wars galaxy earlier like this there wasn't like a clear end to this game it was just a game of like discovery and you do this and you do that and you get credits versus a lot of you know uh, computer games that would be like oh i finished it i beat it i won your entrepreneur adventure is just that you're like oh i wonder what i could do here it's like i wonder what would grow in this area i wonder what could be produced over here you're you're playing
0: a game. A lot of it's curiosity, yeah. just like exploring and figuring out what it is. And then, like, there's probably like a thousand things that I have that did that went through that we're not talking about, right? The, yeah, the sure. Things that we tr- that we tried and never talked Like I forget about those because they're not interesting. But it's way more <laughs> interesting to talk about blenders that you know scaled up to something. So that's that's kind of I guess been my attitude. To a lot of things is like start with something small that maybe it makes you a thousand dollars a month. Like you don't have any grander vision than that and then if you start a few of those like one of them will catch on like if, if you're not taking any opportunities or any chances you're never going to find it right so sure. if, you, if you you might as well try the small things and see where they go cuz something might something might hit
1: so. great advice for our listeners and i love too how you never abandon your knowledge and experience you're building along the way like every success and failure and every roadblock or or everything that's a win for you you're taking and leveraging that knowledge and experience and building onto it in a little different area, but all kind of in the same funnel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, they get started, they get a little bit of success and they have a cleaning company and then they're jumping over here and they're on, do a shoe store on Mm -hmm. at Five Points. And they're going, they're just, they're leaping into completely different areas of experience and knowledge and and lack thereof. So I think it's, it's great advice for a listener to see how you're continuing to just build on years and years of experience and knowledge and education, and that's keeping you ahead of everybody else. Anybody new getting into this Amazon space or getting into this uh, fulfillment space. They don't have a chance to compete with you because you've spent ten years growing with it and building it, and I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I think I've done that continuously. It's just like take a need from one thing and then I, I call it become your own first customer for the for the yeah, next yeah, thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, so you're if, driving
1: your own needs because you're the customer. If, if we somewhere. see a need in
0: another direction, that's great. Like, uh, would you pay for it? Well, yeah, we would pay for the value that that's mm-hmm. provides. Well, like, well, then your own first, you're your own first, first customer of the, of your next product. So. so you've
2: consistently created products that you wanted to purchase.
0: Uh, I, I would say a lot. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and analyze it. But yeah, I would say yeah. more than half the time, or something, something where I had a direct need, or saw like saw a a, a need that was directly
2: related to something I was already doing. So I, the cleaning business that we own, we uh, use a management software, and the guy who created the management software owned the cleaning company, and he's like, oh man, there's not a software for doing what we're doing. So he started building the software for his company, and then he realized like this is the niche I need to be in. He sold his cleaning company and just stayed into the software space. And again, we use it in hundreds of cleaning companies, if not thousands all around the country use this. So he built, again, Going what you're saying, he became his own first customer, built this product and then realized there was something here and he just focused on that. So I know from reading your story, Brandon, that you have you know developed some software systems just for your, to make your own business system better and then realized this is something that can be sold to others and sold it as a software. So walk us through a little bit more of your journey, man. Um, you got the FBA analyzer, you put it in place for yourself, it's created all these opportunities, what happens next?
0: So my brother basically took out, my brother had moved to Georgia to help us out uh, with some family stuff at the time, and he basically took that over and he runs that portion of thing, like he owns that business entirely, it's it's his baby now and he's done a great job growing in that, so I sort of observe that now from a, he's my brother, so I talk about it all the time, but I don't really have any direct involvement in what became of that part, that sort of branch of things, so... But what you're talking about with your cleaning with a cleaning company you just talked about that exact same scenario basically happens. So we've got this warehouse full of books, and when somebody buys one, like we gotta find it. It's kind of hard to find if somebody buys a copy of you know this book, and you got, <laughs> got a All th- these gay you, lords. You full got of a, books. <laughs> you got a hundred thousand books in a warehouse. You gotta be able to find it. And it's not, sure. a, not not an easy task. So we wrote software that helped us be able to find basically a book. So we would scan a barcode on a book, scan a barcode on a shelf. And when it sold, we would be able to do, reverse that process and figure out what shelf that book was on. Okay. Uh, so that's the basic process. So it was a, a very simple inventory management system. Uh, I think I missed, I skipped over the step there where Amazon, we, we, I told you we were selling, we were shipping everything to Amazon for them to fulfill it. Well, one day Amazon decided that wasn't uh, sustainable and they put what they were called inv- uh, storage limits on their FBA inventory. So okay. as a seller, like we had, I think we had like 3,000 units of invent- inventory. And they said, based on your sales volume, you can have 300 units in inventory. And It's like, uh, so now we have like all this. We were counting on Amazon to run our warehouse basically for us, and Amazon that's become popular enough like they're not just allowing the riffraff in anymore. You have to have like good products that high sell that sell. And so they told us like you have a limit of whatever it was, and so we had to like pivot or pivot or close. So we decided that that's when we just started decided to open our own warehouse and build this inventory management stuff for us to find it. Um, so that was really our transition from, well, well I haven't transitioned yet. <laughs> we we start we built the software to manage our own inventory, and then we decided like, hey, that's actually pretty good, pretty good software. Maybe we should sell it. So, so that's where the software. Is that, that's, that, where, that's where we transitioned from that book thing over to is the software that under the stuff. Round
1: Sphere umbrella? Is that what that falls under or is RoundSphere something completely different.
0: Yeah, so so Roundsphere is my company that's like the company that helps start other companies. So, okay. All right. So it's kinda like the HR payroll benefits administration for all okay. the other companies. Ah, uh gotcha. but like that particular business was called Check It Books. And Okay. Like I have in the, the roll I have other businesses that sort of roll up into that. So,
2: so right. you Check It Books, you got this inventory management software. Yeah. And so you start selling the inventory. Management so we software. actually
0: were going to trade shows as Bookscouter still. So we would go to trade yeah. shows as Bookscouter, and historically, like the Amazon shows were heavily book focused. So we would go to some Amazon trade shows as Bookscouter, trying to sell our Bookscouter stuff. Uh, and actually, while we were there, we're operating a book business, and we're noticing like the inventory management so- solutions that are being presented at these Amazon places are pretty primitive and not very good. Uh, also, like Amazon, the FBA p- component was very new and none of them had this fba stuff built in it was they were all like made for managing your own warehouse and they had no idea how to interact with amazon's warehouse okay and the stuff that we would built was built with fba in mind so we we could either treat our, our own warehouse one way or an, an amazon warehouse another way and so we were building software that was kind of like ahead of the curve on that side and so we we actually thought like our inventory management software is going to be really cool because we can move inventory between one warehouse or another we were track, tracking like how many scans an employee did an hour and stuff, trying to keep track of productivity. And so we actually started at that time, uh, I think it was when we actually started Seller Labs, which is the name okay. of the company that became the software company yeah. that sort of had the software stuff. And so that's where Seller Labs started to become like the software company, just like your cleaning company example was like running a warehouse, but we're actually not paying any attention to that anymore. We've got another staff that runs that completely. And my attention is diverted towards like software and working on that.
2: And you're able awesome. to do that because you have developed the software. like You've you systemized that business where it doesn't require like you watching it all the time, you looking at it. Obviously, you built some people systems. Yeah, we had a manager
0: too. who was managing the day-to-day and shipping people and scanning people, and uh, there's several different positions there that were doing all the operational stuff.
1: All right, so question for you here. There's obviously no roadmap for you. You're figuring it out as you go. It's the ultimate entrepreneur adventure and journey here for you. Are you hiring ahead of the game uh, how are you deciding when to hire how to staff are you getting overworked and then hiring i know you now it, th- there's a whole lot of different employees involved with all these companies how did you get there and how are you taking those steps at that point or uh,
0: i don't know that i've ever been uh, very good at knowing when to hire someone or doing a hiring process or any of that kind of sure. stuff. It's kind of like when there's too much work, then you got to find somebody <laughs> you get, something else. <laughs> you got to find someone else. <laughs> there's a um, problem.
2: I need to fix so, it. Yeah, so your so, hiring was, was based on growth. Like it was, hey, it was there's all, too much it was all based on need basically. Yeah. yeah. We got to throw somebody into this thing. Yeah. And, and I,
0: probably not very good. Cause we would just take like the, the guys that were like the, the one or two computer guys at the at the book company that's like you know physically scanning books and stuff. Oh, I'm you're big shoes and everybody. Yeah. Hey, why don't you guys? Uh, you look, why don't you come be programmers tomorrow? Like, <laughs> it actually worked out pretty well. They were that's they were, com, they were right yeah. yeah, but it was not like hire like go out and find the best programmer you can. It was like,
2: <laughs> man, this is so good right here though, Brandon, because it, especially people in smaller businesses. But anytime you're you're trying to figure out how to scale, like. Most of the time, you're not going to be able to hire the person that you need. It's like perfect for the thing that you need. It is a bending of like, all right, who do we have now that may be able to help out with some of this? Mm-hmm. And as you get bigger, you're able to kind of focus more in different departments and whatnot. But if you got 20 people on your team or 10 people on your team and you're growing, there's a percentage of people doing jobs they're not good at because those jobs were kind of created or those responsibilities were created in the process of growth. So you kind of threw people at the problems as they come up to you could, find the right person yeah, I would it. say
0: absolutely as, as a as an owner of now a larger business where we've got like people in divisions or whatever you want to call it like departments like we had no idea at the time that like these should be like different jobs yeah <laughs> like you don't even like when you're in the middle of it and making it grow from growing from the scratch you have no idea like what you're doing here and doing there are two way different things they require two incredibly different personalities and it shouldn't be the same person doing that job like but you have no idea that that's the thing at the time, and and having the benefit now of like looking back, like I can see like wow that was wow yeah uh, how did we ever do that yeah because like
2: you put people in a spot like you just don't realize it where well, you're busy too yeah. number one you're like why does this guy suck so bad at this part of his job and you're just like well because. That's a terrible yeah, job because you hired
0: them to pack boxes, and now you're asking them to be able to like manage people. Like that's <laughs> yes. not. <it's laughs> yes, like, that's, that's, right. that's That's the that's the traditional one, right? It's like, hey, you're really good at packing boxes, so why don't you be the manager of people to pack yeah, boxes? you're like, the best
2: box oh, packer we, we man, got. We yeah. have
1: screwed that up so yeah. many times. Josh and I when were yeah. early stages trying to grow the cleaning company. We Speak for t-
2: yourself, buddy. I think all these decisions are uh, probably oh, your buddy, fault. No, this is all
1: <laughs> you here. Uh, all of this, like, provide opportunity. We would take an awesome employee just uh, crushing it uh, from, a, from a cleaner or a staff level and put them in a management role and just destroy them. I mean, they just had they just yeah. didn't translate from being awesome over here to an awesome it's manager like a, of people. It's a, whole yeah. it it's a completely different skill set.
2: We also automatically assumed, Brandon, that they would want more responsibility, mm-hmm. that they had the same type yeah. of eager drive that we had to, like, progressively get better. It's I may take a guy, he's again dominating here and he's managing inventory. He's happy, he's loving it. He put him in a train wreck over here. He can manage inventory in the warehouse. And I'm like, man, he's doing such a great job! Like, he would love doing this next thing. And then, next thing you know, he's well, it's even even worse when you
0: ask him, it's like, yeah, would you like to be a manager? Yeah, I'd love to be a manager. Like, oh, yeah, (laughs) sounds great, but but yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's the classic mistake, obviously, is like becoming a manager of people. But you do the same thing all over, too. It's like, the, it's like the person writing the emails becomes the person doing, I don't know, answering the phone or something, whatever it is. It's yeah. like, right. it's not, not the same skill set. So in a small company, you don't know that. You don't have the ability to hire both a lot of times. So it's tricky, yeah. to, tricky to balance.
1: Yeah, you, you learn as you go. Now, during this time, you're growing like crazy, man, in, in all sorts of different avenues and areas. And it sounds like you're an idea guy. Like, I'm sure you're having a hundred different ideas all at the same time and see another opportunity. At some point during this, were you like, oh my God, this is so stressful. I'm pulling my hair out. I just want to scale back down. Or, or the whole time, have you been like excitement, energy, grow, grow, grow? Or was there panic moments of, I just want to go back to the way it was where I had me <laughs> and one other person and we were crushing it on BookScouter. Oh, there's
0: definitely those moments, right? So yeah. Especially those ones, where, like I mentioned, where Sony tells you your account suspended or Amazon yeah. tells you your warehouse's getting, you can't use your warehouse it's anymore. like, it's like uh, <laughs>
2: I wish I was back at Flying J. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: <laughs> just go back to doing my thing. But yes, there's definitely those moments where it's like, man, what have I gotten into? And this is way way complicated. So, yeah, um, there's definitely times, uh, I, may, maybe long periods of time, sometimes where it's like <laughs> overwhelmed.
1: So. I think that's all of us in our entrepreneur journey. Is uh, you get to certain spots and it's really awesome and fun, but sometimes you're like, man, this was so much easier uh, back two years ago or three years yeah. ago when things were so much simpler yeah. and I didn't have all these pieces to figure out but it's that's all part of the the journey so at some point I was reading with one of the companies you'd made a decision to step down as CEO and take a different role yep. what brought you to that how hard was that what how does that decision uh, impacted you and what led you there so
0: yeah, Seller Labs uh, is the one that sort of spun off from that inventory, that inventory management stuff. We created a company called Seller Labs. We created a product called Feedback Genius, that does a lot of automatic emails and things like that. And it it just kept growing, you know. That's right. And all right this place is the right time. Amazon based, is that right? Uh yeah, like n- not like yeah, ninety nine percent Amazon. Okay. Yeah. So, um, mostly Amazon uh, related on there, and Amazon of course is coming more and more dominant. Sure company's doing great. Um, I ended up buying up buying out my business partner who was kind of like the leader of the the company and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a people leader. So that's where I like needed somebody else to be the CEO, essentially, and to run things. So we hired Hank, who was one of our developers at the time, we'd had some previous previous company that he worked that he was a founder of. And so he was the he was the choice for the become the CEO of seller labs and still does that today. So
1: awesome. So you recognize an area said, Hey, this is a place that's not one of my strengths. I need to focus on another role where I'm happy and I'm winning, and put somebody else in a position that's yep. better for the company. Yep, that's amazing. That's that's something that's I think hard for most people to ever get to or ever understand.
2: Yeah. So, and again, we kind of fast forwarded through there too. So, Seller Lab starts creating different types of software that, and again, scales up. I do think this is a really interesting thing. So, you just said like, "Hey, I'm not a great manager of people." You obviously have your level of brilliance. It seems like you see. Uh, from a software perspective, especially, hey, we could do this, and it would alleviate problems and concerns for people, and mm-hmm. it's scalable, and you create that. But when you go from being the founder of the company to being like, I'm going to let somebody else call out of the shots, the day-to-day management. I think that's number one, a spot most entrepreneurs just don't get to, but nah. number two, again, to your humility, you're like, this guy's a better manager of people than me or a better leader of people than me. I'm going to give him the opportunity to lead. What's that like, and how does it, like, how are you able to make that decision and see it and be like I need to do this? Cuz again, it's kind of most people like probably seeing their name as the president and CEO forever it seems like. Yeah. But you made a decision to do something different.
0: Yeah, I guess I don't care about the title, so I I mean
2: on your website it says yeah. your name on it. And but it lists your leadership team and it's all these other people. Yeah. Like there's barely a mention of you on it.
0: Yeah, I mean Hank's basically in charge and we've got a leadership team like I'm like the board board of advisors basically, so yeah. Um,
1: Which is an entrepreneur dream. That's what everybody should shoot for. That ought to be the but end it's, goal. it's, but it's difficult. Not, I mean, there's probably less than one percent entrepreneurs that ever get to that place. emotionally, sustainability, financially, yeah, it's a it's a next level that very few people ever get to. That's really right. cool.
2: So <laughs> over this time too, so you see that Seller Labs. You spun off some other businesses. Again, we could spend a week talking about all the things Just you've been different able the do. Yeah. yeah, Seller Labs has taken off. Uh, you created Round Sphere at some point in time. Yep. So, so like I
0: said, RoundSphere is kind of like, I, I realize that it's hard to start businesses and, and to do that, and I realize that's what I like doing the best, so RoundSphere is really the company that provides, like, we'll, we'll sign a long-term lease, lease and have a, a place, then we'll sublet it to our, our companies internally. Uh, we also like to offer good benefits, like competitive benefits for people who want to hire people and not tell them they're working for a startup and not have healthcare and not have 401k. So RoundSphere does all the HR benefits stuff, which is actually a whole lot of, pain like to, to yeah, do all the benefits yeah, administration and nice. all this stuff like we do a lot of work there uh it takes a lot it takes a lot of uh a lot of time to do that and anyway so so seller lab was able to offer was able to offer that starting out and have like good benefits and good pay and good uh, uh, 401ks and all the things for our employees without having to like have all the administrative stuff of that because we kind of solved that back a layer at
1: so, so, RoundSphere is a admin management company that allows all the other pieces to connect.
0: Yeah, it's, it's evolving. I'm calling it a small business studio is the term that I'm making. Oh, up today, I like so. it. I love, I love it.
1: Which is essentially what Seller Labs is for the Amazon business owner out here that doesn't have all the tools or experience to do all the things to be successful on Amazon, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: it's, I, a, I mean, it's outsourcing different parts of your business, right? Sure, so it's yeah. A, a, take figure out the things you're good at and outsource the rest, so... It's outsourcing. It's outsourcing the HR administration for one thing. Uh, Seller Labs outsources some of your advertising management and other things for Amazon sellers too. And we talked
2: about th- that too on the scaling your company when you're when you're putting people that really aren't equipped into a spot. They're not equipped to handle Seller Labs. Basically, makes it we don't have to do that, right? So instead of me trying to figure out how to do what Seller Labs offers, you have a software system. I can trust an expert. I can pay. What you've created to handle a lot of these problems for me, mm-hmm. instead of trying to hire, like we're in Athens, Georgia, be like, oh, there's these college kids. They know what to do. Like, let me bring them. Yeah, You just made it where like it's turnkey. You can take somebody who has an idea and utilizing your platform, a lot of the stuff that would take probably years to figure out and be good at, they can kind of turn on pretty quick.
0: Oh, that's the idea behind it. I mean, a lot of that's powered by software that can do things like repetitively very easily. And then some of a lot of it, Seller Labs has a pretty big division also that offers services and stuff too. So, more stuff that does require people, human, we do advertising management and photography and a bunch of stuff like that as well. So, man,
1: that's, that's huge. And especially in a space like Amazon because it's ever changing and algorithms and it's just so much. I mean, I know for me, yeah. we got into the e commerce space a couple of years ago and this has been in the fall. I sat down. I booked a Saturday and Sunday, and I sat down for two days by myself and figured out, okay, how do I sell on Amazon? I got about 16 hours in to figure out. I got about 30 more hours to go to even begin to know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And not only that is changing. So to be able to offer that and stay ahead of the curve and and do that from a company standpoint of all the different components, it, it's amazing. Well, it's
0: I, amazing. What the, the software is amazing, right? So like, you get so much data. it's impossible to analyze like literally our advertising tool it downloads for for one account it probably downloads is 10 million rows of data and looks through 10 million rows of data every day to make decisions on like how to adjust your bids and what keywords to bid on like there's no way a human could do that it's like the software is really good at like going through 10 million things repetitively so So the software
2: itself is like a mentor in business it's going to be able to guide you on some decisions that you should make and again without it being an emotional decision it's like hey. It's good be that stats. black and white yeah. numbers of here's the data. Hey, that, that's here's, where like yeah, you know,
0: uh, traditional advertising is like billboards and things like this where you can't tie it, you can't attribute it back to, to direct things or are like guesswork compared to what we have with uh, with online advertising. You can you can follow a click all the way from like the moment it was served to what they bought to what they bought later. Like the data that you get from a lot of advertising is so rich, it's amazing, and so you can really. You could go crazy, like, trying to study that. So that's what the the systems try to, like, analyze and write algorithms and use AI to try and figure out a lot of that kind of stuff to figure out how to
1: bid and what's changing. So. And I guess through this, you realize there's other needs these same customers have, so you started to layer other services and other branches on top of that. Yeah, exactly. All for the same customer, because at the end of the day, at some point, you're the customer needing these things, too, it sounds
0: like. That's right, yeah, so... So, Seller Labs, uh, we started doing managed services. So, we would manage advertising, Facebook ads, photog- uh-huh. do photography. So, within Seller Labs, we provide a bunch of those services. And then, some of the stuff that was outside the Seller Labs realm, we have. A, I've started a company called Seller Accountant mm-hmm. that does accounting for specifically for e-commerce sellers. So I go to these conferences and ask, like, how much, how much money, what was your cost of goods sold, what was your margin, like. Sellers have no idea what this is. They just know, you know, my depo- they, they know their sales really well, right? Yeah. They can yeah. tell you how much you sold on any given day, but are you making money at that? Well, I don't know. check like, checking account is going yeah. up. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's especially hard with inventory-based businesses where you've got like a huge dollar amount of inventory. Sure. Uh, like that, you know, as an accountant, like that, yeah. the, the amount, if you don't account for your cost of goods sold accurately, like you could have even like incredible, you could be selling a whole lot of money and losing lose money every mm-hmm. month on, a, on an accrual basis. Like you wouldn't know that you were yeah. losing money You're like, we're killing it in sales, man. I don't understand what's up. The cash flow is just enough to keep it going. That's that's the that's the real problem. So I saw like a a big need in the Amazon seller community. Is like people were knew their sales off the top of their head, but they don't understand like the actual finances. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who runs like multiple businesses, like I don't know how you could possibly run a business without an accurate financial statement. Yeah. That's like on an accrual basis. Like how are you doing? Like how was last month? How was last week? How are you doing? Like if you don't have that down to like something that you can depend on. I don't know how you can run your business. So that's why Seller Accountant got started. is like yeah. the, out of sort of a frustration of talking with people that didn't know if they were making money. Totally
1: anything. makes sense.
2: So. Well, you Even, recognize that need too of there's there's two things at play here. Chad mentioned that instead of going to Seller Labs, he, spent, he was like, I'm going to learn this myself and put it into practice. Because that's what you've done. That's one of his keys yeah, to success well, is that he, he's willing to do the work to learn. Just like for you, the same thing. You learned how to do stuff kind of on your own. And then you teach it to others. But what you recognize is that I could have a coaching platform and teach people how to do this, but most aren't willing to learn it. Like they need it to succeed. So why don't we just do it for them and, and build a software? Because really, what they takes, want yeah. is they want to make money. They want to feel successful, and they want to their their idea, whatever it is, they want to validate it and prove that yeah, I, I knew I could sell books online and make this thing work. And so Brandon's able to recognize that this guy didn't care about his accounting really. Like it'd be better i can help him be more successful if i just offer to do his accounting for him through the system than trying to teach it to him is he still screw it up or avoid it this is the way this is the right product to sell I, i've just seen where you recognize that time after time after time the business you're letting the business owner focus on the things they actually want to focus on mm-hmm. and the stuff that's like yeah. the minutia that you have to do to to be successful in business most people don't want to learn that. So you've created ways just to take it like you, you got to learn all the stuff, man. And we can just handle it for you. Mm-hmm. That's amazing that you've been able to consistently do that and continue to pivot and you're you're still doing that. I you're mean, still I've finding been doing it, it for a
1: while now. so now there's some experience behind well, it. And it's yeah. that it's that dream of the win-win situation. You're winning as a business. the customer's winning, uh, the customer they're selling their product to is winning, you're helping them. Uh, advertise and figure out these components to make more money, now helping to track the money, to identify higher profit margins and mm-hmm. to do all of those things and put all the pieces together just continue to, to be a win for everybody. It, it's it, uh, an abundance mentality that's bringing to the table for all aspects of the e-commerce side, and that's really freaking awesome.
2: And you've largely stayed, again, in this niche of, you're, correct me if I'm wrong here, you're focused on primarily people that are trying to leverage an Amazon system to build their business
0: yeah that's branched out from amazon quite a lot nowadays okay. like it started yep. out very amazon centric but we're mm-hmm. doing a lot of stuff that's outside amazon amazon like 50 percent maybe of what a lot of these are now so okay for, so you yeah. still have
2: 50 percent going through amazon but you figured out ways to again to pivot toward different things that's the cool thing i guess as i see is like you just you've you focused on what you're good at and found ways to expound upon that mm-hmm. to go back to what chad's example was instead of being like hey let's start a restaurant Let's do Brandon it's downtown and do that thing. So I got a question for you, man, as we're wrapping up here. I think one of the challenges for for business owners is that we want to see ourselves as entrepreneurs. And like, it can be difficult if you do scale up to a point where you can step away from your company because then it turns into, well, what do you do? Like, you want to be able to say, well, I'm an entrepreneur and this is what I do. And it seems like that's not as important for you, that you got some things you want to identify with more than that. So my question would be if, me, you and Chad are out to lunch and somebody walks up and we're introducing you, who would you say that you are? Like, what do, you, what do you tell them that you do? Because they're going to be like, who are you and what do you do? Like, what do you
0: say? It, it, it depends on who I'm talking to, you, right? A computer <laughs> computer programmers, like the, the easy one. Like, what do you do? You go to the, the, the lady at the front desk of the hospital, or your dentist office, or something like that? I'm a computer programmer. Like, that's, okay. that's the easiest way to say that it. That right? shuts all the
1: questions down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're more of an so, introvert than an extrovert. He's not a programmer.
2: He's like, yeah, hey, don't ask me more questions. Don't I'm a Google programmer. me. <laughs> that's over your right that's, head. That's right. That's,
0: <laughs> so, that's the easy question. If it's yeah. in more of a business environment, I try to. I try to use the word parallel entrepreneur, but I don't, that's not really a thing, I have but,
1: never heard so, or seen that term till yeah. I was
2: doing some research before. A all right, podcast. Say the term again. Did you say parallel? Parallel entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Yeah, uh, I wrote that down. I you, found that.
0: Well, you uh, see a lot uh, of people call themselves serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. As yeah. As yeah. They kind of start something and then they sell it and then they just move on to the next thing. I kind of do multiple things at You've once. you got so. multiple
1: things all under the same umbrella or all yeah. in the same area. Yeah. I, I love that term. That's really cool. Did you coin that or did you see that somewhere? I'm the giving guy, you all the come credit on, man. Chad, I've the never, guy in digital currency. Uh, yeah, what am I talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm right, a
2: computer guy. Yeah. It's a, it's hey, a, it's a logical step. So. <laughs> Bit, Bitcoin, BC. Brandon Shekitz, BC. I am I'm telling you Satoshi Nakamoto, right? Yeah. That's
0: right. We're, you what right happened. We're,
1: learning, we're learning a lot here. Yes,
2: ladies and gentlemen, we're sitting here today with the Illuminati. Brandon jackets all right got the back end going
1: so where do you go from here what's what's the future hold for you for for other businesses for existing businesses what are you seeing and feeling right now
0: so my my goal right now is to really uh, figure out the small business studio concept yeah. and like, like make it so that we can start more and more things like in parallel and it's really like uh, creating systems around like starting a business so we've got a couple other projects in development right now and we're starting with like, what does it take if you, if, if, a, if a business needs to have like a CEO and a marketing department and an engineering department, like how do you do that on kind of like a fractional basis to try these things out or run them at a small scale? Uh, so that's what we're kind of experimenting with on that small business studio side is like, how do we have like a studio that's able to operate a bunch of small businesses? Maybe any one of them might not be doing more than $100,000 a year, but we can do it profitably because we have like fractional people working on on a part-time
2: now, is it like a business incubator where Roundsphere owns a share of the company, or is it where they're just paying a fee for the I mean, It's kind of flexible service?
0: right now. Everything we own, uh, we own at least a minority stake in everything that's kind of falls under that umbrella right now. I don't know if that's the requirement, but so far it has been. Okay. So far it has been. So it's, we're, we're, that's that's the part where we're sort of figuring it out and playing it as that, it. That's it, awesome
1: so. too, because it's such a huge value for the young entrepreneur Mm-hmm. Uh, the experience there, and knowing what's needed, and knowing what can help add fuel to the fire. I mean, it's, it's your own yeah. Shark Tank per se. Well, well, oh. I was going to ask man. that. When are
2: we going to see you sitting in the chair <laughs> no on no Shark kidding, Tank, man? man. It's
1: Shark Tank's just a marketing
0: thing now, so I don't know. It's not really fun. There's so <laughs> many like, ways. Yeah, to, I got a software that. There's so many ways that. to get find that. investors <laughs> that's, not shark, tank, that's <laughs> not shark Tank. That's way more, way better probably. It's like sure. Shark Tank is a, a marketing thing, in my opinion. So yeah, I like it. I haven't watched Shark Tank for like. I don't know how many seasons, but uh, if, if if you got a product needing investors and it's like a consumer product, then Shark Tank's great because you can market it to everybody who's watching at the same time you're yeah. pitching it to investors.
1: I agree with that. But if
2: you want to sell something on Amazon, you need to call Brandon Checkets, is what I'm hearing <laughs> here. <Yeah>. That's exactly. <laughs> just right. use our
0: software. I don't actually don't sell like I'm not an expert at like sourcing and product and all, like all the things that go along with that. I know my little niche of that, but I, I don't know a lot of. There's lots. of, That's a big thing, so I don't know all of it.
2: What's the day to day like? By the way, you're how
0: old
1: are you? 40 42 42 is when you get
2: past 40 you stop remembering. we're all we're all post 40 here sitting here on on the table anyway not the young kids to the background what does what do your days look like now like what is it you're spending your time doing because you don't have to trade all your time for money in the office it because you you figured that part out so you have some time freedom to be able to pursue your interests what does the a day in the life of Brandon checketts look like right now
0: uh, i don't know sometimes i feel like I just delete as many emails as i can <laughs>
2: I'll stop sending them, man. You could just tell me. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, no, so, so I, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of administration that goes on there. You could so, probably develop a software so, for that. I don't know, but there's a lot of stuff that, that goes on with that. So we just had our bookkeeper retire, so there's a lot of, like bookkeeping stuff that's coming up and accounting and benefit stuff at the end of the year that we're still rolling over for. Um, but yeah, so my, putting
1: out fires. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, we're trying to
0: transition away from that and be more pro proactive. So it's yeah. trying trying to like find and get the get the team up to speed on like how to do all that stuff. Um, so that's, so that's not occupying most of the front of my mind, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I'm still working on a couple other projects as like the, sort of like the owner of an idea, but not like the CEO executing it, but also sometimes the engineer developing it. So, sure. um, we've got a couple projects we're working on with that, that we have, uh, some young, uh, some young entrepreneurs basically trying to figure out like how to do that with some of our shared resources.
1: Nice. So. Uh- I don't know for you, Josh, but this has been so educational and oh, yeah, such a fun conversation. I've I've had a blast today, man. Can't thank you enough for joining us and your story and the value you provide our listeners. It's really really cool. Yeah, and closing
2: us out, Brandon. If you can just if, if you're looking at again, um, I say the younger entrepreneur. So somebody, maybe somebody who's been in business for less than ten years. Maybe they're in that twenty-five to thirty-five year old time frame. What wisdom counsel advice could you offer that person who's either just starting out or they're trying to scale a business that they're full-time in
0: well that's a big that's a big deep question i guess so <laughs> uh it, it depends on what you're going to in one in one respect i want to say focus like f- figure out something to focus on it but that's not been my 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 the pattern that i just talked about for the last hour and yeah. a half right yeah. so so there's there's a there's a trying to figure out when to focus I think is is a tricky thing so figuring out when you really need to focus on something versus like take a take multiple chances yeah so figuring out when that is but there's definitely times where you have to like actually just put heads down nose of the grindstone like just do this thing until it's done until you get through it so that's that's kind of been the trick in my mind is like how do you balance the focus aspect along with like trying to like do other things that I'm always continually distracted by
1: all right so Last question, to end with here. You talk about putting your head down and grinding it out and focusing until you figure it out. Is that a mentality of where, like, for you, you just refuse to lose, or is that because you want to win in that one area? what's What's been the motivation for you to get through those focus times? Because again, you you talked about earlier. I chase the shiny things too. I like yeah. the challenge. Yeah, yeah. For, so I think
0: sometimes it's just like I got to get this thing done. Like I, I I've Check got, it off. a lot of projects. Like get like eighty percent of the way. Right. Like. Yeah when I see something that actually is like, okay, I know that I have to do this. It's just like, I got to get this to the point like where it's actually done. And so just like knowing, knowing that I've actually pulled it off to completion, like there's a lot of those like projects that I might have, like where we're using it internally, but we need to make it available for external users. Like there's a bunch of stuff that has to be done just to make it so that people can sign up and register and reset their password and Mm -hmm. all the little things you have to build that you don't think about, like just getting that to the point where it's actually done uh, and getting it finished is, just just knowing that you've you've got it to the point where it's usable I like it finish finishing
1: it up awesome man well thanks for joining us man it's been such a fun conversation for me good to catch up with you it's been a while um so much value for our listeners and and just been a, a great episode so appreciate you being here man and all you're doing again like Josh said for the community, uh, for staffing, for everything you are building here in Athens and helping everybody all over the world. It's, it's really awesome to see you, man. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been fun talking. If you're a fan of the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast,
0: we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a review right here on your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the podcast or you can find us on Instagram at the Entrepreneur Adventure. Until next time, thank you for joining us.